0: another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host Casper. I'm your other host Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because Wednesdays are for podcast as always. I feel like we need an award for the fact that we got through that with no
1: mistake. None at all. Because that is not gonna happen the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not after the evening we've been having. It's, it's been, been a great
0: been, evening. It's, it's been it's been amazing. nice. Amazing. This been some very nice. Spend some time together and talk about the things that we talk about. Screaming at TVs at
1: <laughs> 7.30 in prior the morning. Prior to and, podcasts. You know. The combos mm-hmm. we have prior to podcasts are quite interesting. They would um, probably listen to
0: them Because honestly. <laughs> honestly what you guys hear when we
1: talk uh, like when we talk on our
0: podcast 90% of it is how we talk. In real life. In, in IRL. <laughs>
1: we were just discussing memes, so... You know, sometimes memes can save a life. (laughs) If you got a friend out there that you know is depressed, just find the funniest fucking memes and send them to him. You can save a life. I tell you what, guys, whenever
0: Becky's feeling down, I just destroy her with um, Star Wars memes.
1: Oh, one day, save my day. (laughs) Save my fucking day. Hey, you guys want to hear something really funny? (laughs) (laughs) Dandalorians.
0: <laughs> and they're dandelions with Mandalorian masks.
1: You're never
0: gonna get that out of your head ever.
1: That was stuck in my head. That was stuck in my head all day.
0: Well, it was just like the meme too. It said, Teacher, why are you laughing, me?
1: dandelions <laughs> <laughs> So you just thought it would work or whatever. Why are you laughing? How great of a tattoo idea would that be though? Oh my god. For real. If you like loved flowers and you loved the Mandalorian, you get the Mandalorian's helmet with sunflower petals behind it. And you actually put Dandalorian underneath it because you have to. Or you you don't even have to do that. Somebody just asks you, what is that? A Dandalorian? And then they go, what? And then you have, to, don't even put what it is. Just get the tattoo and somebody's gonna ask you. And just go, oh, it's a Dandelorian. And they're gonna go, excuse me? And then you have a very interesting story to share <laughs> with your Uber driver or whatever. No, I'm just kidding.
0: Uh, yeah, I never went to Uber driver.
1: <laughs> Fine.
0: <laughs> they asked him if he liked, if he something to do with an uber driver and he's like yeah i never went to uber jabber
1: wow I was i'd be like, like that is not what i said but okay thanks uber for, sh- thanks for Uber driver thanks for sharing driver thanks for sharing that's not what i said but <laughs> oh guys man so tonight tonight we're going to, to Helltown. I'm sorry. I can't no, sing perfect. tonight. But... So let's set the town on fire.
0: Satan burns brighter <laughs> than the sun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. It was
1: good. Helltown, Ohio, guys. Um, Boston,
0: Ohio. Not Boston,
1: Massachusetts, but Boston, no. Ohio. Also very haunted. <laughs> so, with the name... Helltown. Um, I wanted to give kind of some quick backstory history of where that possible nickname would have come from. And then we'll get into some better history about uh Boston, Ohio in itself and all of the folklore that surrounds it. It's and, a lot, uh, guys. You know what though? It's, so it's pretty, a lot. It's, it's i could see why. hmm I could I could generally see why. Uh, A land that was established in the 1800s that people lived in pretty regularly up until the 70s. And then all of a sudden the government tells you, no, you got to go because we're going to put a park here. And there's no explanation whatsoever. I'm going to tell you all right now, something, something going down. Something went down. So nobody knows exactly what (laughs) happened. But when you leave doors like that wide open, it just people are going to conspiracies all over. It's just going to be rife with conspiracies. But there's definitely some paranormal shit that's going down there, too. People have seen and heard a lot. Nobody knows what it's tied to exactly, but it could be a number of different things. Um, it's there- a Demogorgon. Right? It's actually all just a Stranger Things thing, it's thing just, happening. It's the fucking upside down. That's, <laughs> that's what's going on. That's what's going on in Boston, Ohio. Um, so... As a lot of these folklores usually start, especially in areas like this, um, it's generally tied to something with Native Americans. Um, you know do you ever just sit down and wonder sometimes what the fuck were the Native Americans doing? <laughs>
0: can we just can we, and no disrespect because I'm actually I have Native American blood in me and no disrespect to Native Americans at all I love I love them but I'm like, What in the hell were you all doing that everywhere that's heavily, heavily cursed and paranormal and shit, why
1: is it on Indian land? Uh, cause they don't want white man there. I told the witch (laughs) doctor. That's why? (laughs) That's what I think this all boils down to. I do too, actually. It's anger. They, you know, Native Americans had... Their belief structure and belief systems were so much more ingrained in the earth and land and... Spirituality. What what that meant. Every, everything to them had life and spirit in it. Everything to them... The, the, the grass had a spirit. The air had a spirit. The dirt had a spirit. The water had a spirit. The tree had a spirit. Everything was connected in some way to a spiritual being and white men came in and christian beliefs were totally different and you either believed in that or you didn't and when you didn't you got thrown off your land and not so much thrown off your land sometimes you were massacred on your land so uh if you believe in what they believe in those areas are going to be rife with paranormal activity because the spirits are fucking Pissed. They're sure. angry. Yep. They have every fucking right to be. Angry. They mad. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they have every fucking right to be angry. Well, that goes into my story of where I think that partially where I believe the name Helltown could have come from. Um, there was a section of Ohio that a Native American village occupied um, near Clear Creek. So this is somewhat southwest, not by much, but somewhat southwest of Boston, Ohio, where the abandoned town of Clear Creek, Clear Creek, that's going to be a tongue twister, was located in Ohio. Clear Creek. I know. It's like, say it 50 times fast. Um, So the site was on a high hill just north of a junction of Clear Creek and Black Fork of the Mohican River. So this is a river that actually runs... Um, right through that town. And again, like I said, it's just southwest of where Boston, Ohio is. So after the signing of the Treaty of Easton in 1758, the Lenape, so this is the uh, Native American tribe that lived specifically in this area. Uh, They were required to move west out of their native lands and into what is now Ohio. So when that treaty was signed in 1758, The Lenape were mostly located in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. The village had originally been settled by Native Americans of the Mingo. So this is a tribe that belongs to the Algonquin. Um, Guys, keep the name Algonquin in the back of your head because some of the legend and folklore surrounding Boston, Ohio, aka Helltown, has to do supposedly with Wendigos. Uh, we will be doing a Wendigo episode. We did our Skinwalker one. Skinwalkers were tied to Navajo legend. Wendigos are tied to Algonquin legend. So the Mingo abandoned the area known as Clear Creek in mm-hmm. 1755, and the Lenape refounded that settlement in the 1770s. Um, somewhere around 1776 is what it's believed. So. The, there was a nearby village by the creek that was called Cleartown. That was a German village. Ohio is mostly German populated. Um, a lot of that came from New York, Pennsylvania. You know, German settlements come in New York. They move west, Pennsylvania, Ohio, so on and so forth. A lot of them stopped in Pennsylvania and Ohio, Uh mainly to start settlements because it was good farmland, especially in the areas that we're talking about because it's all north of Ohio. So you've got a lot of sandstone. You've got a lot coming from the the Great Lakes. So really, really, really fertile land in that part of Ohio. Um, The German word for clear was hell from what the Lenape would hear. Probably pronounce heel, highle, probably pronounced totally differently, but the way they were hearing it was hell. So they started to rename the nearby Cleartown village by Clear Creek, Helltown. Um, the site was abandoned in 1782 because of repeated clashes with the colonial American troops and settlers, which angered the Lenape because some of the members of the tribe had sided with the British during the American Revolution. There was a violent massacre that took place in 1782 where American militia killed 96 Lenape. Helltown was located along a war trail. So this trail was used by native Americans, which ran about 30 miles um, right around the Cuyahoga Cuyahoga river Valley, right through clear Creek. So Cuyahoga river is right smack in the area where Boston, Ohio was. So it's believed that the re- remaining Lenape that survived the 1782 massacre that happened in Clear Creek would have taken this war trail northeast into the Cuyahoga River Valley and somehow settled near, in and around where Boston, Ohio came to be. Um. And then they could have brought any number of stories and legends with them. Um, I believe they brought the name Helltown with them. And I think that look, I think just over time and history, the location of where Helltown was could have just been muddied. Because you're talking 30, 30 miles is a lot, but really not that much. So well, I mean, thirty miles is pretty
0: much from here to Cincinnati.
1: Exactly. So, so Clear its a while where we meet. It's it's a while, but it's not. So, where Clear Creek would be, thirty miles from where now Boston, Ohio would be. I could see how that would get muddied, especially since Clear Creek and now Boston are both abandoned towns. There's there's really not much of anything left in either either one. Clear there's definitely nothing left. I can't say that fucking word. It's okay. Cece. I can't say
0: Scream Queens. Cece. Scream Queens.
1: There's nothing left in CC, so you wouldn't be able to find it. But um CC
0: my playmate
1: I just thought that was very, I just thought that was an interesting story that that would have been where they would have got the name Helltown. What's the, uh, what's the site you used? Uh, this is from the Wikipedia page. Mm Um, now they actually spell Helltown out two words, hell and town, because the German word for clear would have been hell. So clear town would have been changed to Helltown. But now a lot of the notations with Boston specifically have Helltown spelled as one word. So I think just over time, that could have been changed because we kind of lose sight of history from 1782 to the early 1800s when Mm. Boston, um, Ohio, is specifically settled. Um, So we know that surrounding that area at one time, there were some of the Lenape tribe left. But at at some point between 1782 and the early 1800s, they were gone. Because by the early 1800s is when um, white settlers uh, start to move into Boston. Um, actually, 1806. So, yeah, 1806 is when it becomes an official settlement and township when settlers start to move in. So, wasn't
0: 1805 when Ohio became a state? Yeah. It was 1805,
1: yep. wasn't it? Yeah, yep. Look, I remember history yeah, Yay. Right about our state. That's about the closest I got. So I just. That's yeah. all I got. Yeah. else? Good luck. I'm not going to remember that <laughs> off the top of my head. I'll tell you that. I but, only um, remember that because of the quarter. Is that just, weird? The. Well see I was The Ohio um, quarter. I was collecting I them for a while. Yeah. Me too. So.
0: But yeah. Oh so, I have that collection somewhere. I have some. I have some money somewhere. <laughs> that give me a cheeseburger. If they are. If they do <laughs> i this, give that. me a cheeseburger. You
1: can. If you have at least two dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. At least. That would be eight quarters. I'm oh, over here, like, oh my god! I had to do the math. Quarters. I was like, two dollars is eight eight. Two dollars is <laughs> eight quarters. Quarter. <laughs> I can do math. I promise. I promise two dollars is, two... <laughs> <laughs> is eight quarters. Two. I'm just going some change.
0: Two dollars is eight quarters you're like i have no i have no idea how that made it into a song because i'm a
1: fucking weirdo no <laughs> go on <laughs> so the next site guys that we're going to reference is ghost so this actually site is amazing into, y'all. it's so much information it really condenses down a lot of other research i had looked into about boston uh, aka Helltown, and it really condenses it down not only into the actual history of the town, but going into all of the folklore <clears throat> about the town. So um, kind of in between, though, guys, I'm going to go over... Uh, There was a... In 2017, on the Travel Channel, uh, which is owned by Destination America, there was a uh, kind of a faux fake documentary called Helltown that centered around, they uh, really dramatized one of the supposed folklore that surrounds Boston, Ohio, and why the town may have ultimately been abandoned. It's actually really neat. So they kind of tie it, they tie it not only into a government conspiracy, but also a government conspiracy that has to do with a cult surrounding the um, obsession of a Wendigo. This cult actually worships a Wendigo and is trying to keep it alive. And that gets tied into a government conspiracy as to why Boston, Ohio, um, ultimately became an abandoned town. Um, which I thought was really, really interesting. That's why I wanted to give the history, the, the backstory Mm -hmm. of the Lenape, uh, Indian tribe, and that at one time an uh, Algonquin tribe was in the exact same area, and the Algonquin are directly tied to Wendigos. The only thing that the documentary does get wrong, unfortunately, and this is really not their fault, because this was something that me and uh, Casper, we were talking about before we recorded. This is why we really want to do a Wendigo episode. Oh, is because, this the whole... um Yeah, because we yeah. were talking about. So, even though the documentary is really interesting to watch, it's, you know, it's for the most part, it's fake, but it is really cool. It's, <laughs> it's it is cool. I like it's it. It's really neat. Well, you know, in it's the different. beginning, when they're talking to you about the history of the town, that's real and that was really cool. But giving you a look at what if the folklore surrounding it was actually real. The way they shot it like that was really cool. And one of them was possibly a Wendigo being there, being in the area. And the only thing that they got slightly wrong, which in their defense, a lot of people do this. And I think this just strictly has to do with there not being a lot of information out there about Wendigos It looks a lot like a skinwalker. The depiction of it looks a lot like a skinwalker. And if you go back and listen to our skinwalker episode, we talk at length about the differences between the two. Um, Not so much the differences. We go over that a little bit, but just more in depth about what an actual skinwalker looks like. And that is the one that's more animalistic with the antlers and whatnot. Elk, deer, whatever, but kind of more humanoid And this one looks a lot like that. And unfortunately, because there isn't a lot out there about Wendigos, that's what gets twisted in the lore. They tend to look a lot more like a skinless, ragged human. Uh, Do you know what the people in I Am Legend look like?
0: Exactly. Just like that. Don't... Not as healthy. Pretty
1: pretty close. Not
0: as healthy as they look. It's more like, and their faces are kind of more sunken. And
1: definitely more demonic. If
0: you want to know what a Wendigo looks like, Google Wendigos from Until Dawn. Literally on point is what they look like. But it's so easy to get them confused because they're both from Native American tribes. Exactly. Two different Native American tribes. They both, just remember, the biggest thing Skinwalkers can shape shift. Exactly. Wendigos cannot. Right.
1: That's the biggest difference. And that's the window.
0: biggest difference because if normally, if something's talking to you, it's probably a wendigo because, or I'm sorry, here we go. It's, <laughs> it's probably, probably skin-walker. a skinwalker because if they can shape shift, they can obviously change Sound. their voices. Yeah. They can be different and they're also just pure evil. Um, Wendigos cannot do that and they're cannibalistic. They eat. Things they don't just kill for the hell of it; they actually eat what they kill. I think they're so, both deemed evil, though, because I think oh yeah, just like because wendigos culture. are just like we're going to discuss right. are like too
1: much greed. If a person has exactly. like too much greed, exactly, they can turn into one. I think just like in other cultures, or like you and I believe in demons. Mm-hmm. I think wendigos and skinwalkers to the Algonquin and the Navajo would be demons. I think well, it's just like we discussed in the Skinwalker episode, demon. Other
0: Dimensional Demons. Oh,
1: da- I have no doubt. No doubt in my mind that's what they are. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. No doubt in my mind that's what they are. I um, just hate it so much, too,
0: because you guys know that movie coming out called Antlers that was supposed to actually come out last month. I don't even know when that's <laughs> happening at this point. But in the movie, Definitely. they call it a
1: Wendigo. And I'm sitting there, like, screaming. I'm like, that's not... When we did our Pet Cemetery episode mm-hmm. in Pet Cemetery, they call it a Wendigo. In the book, they call it a Wendigo. In the newer Pet Cemetery movie, it's identified as a Wendigo because that one is. More but if you just if you look, but if up, you look up and see what it looks like, it because they they you do see a little smidget of it in the new Pet Cemetery, the newer Pet you Cemetery can see movie. It's so when you see it, we're like, that's a skinwalker, but they call it a Wendigo. Because but see, the area wouldn't make sense either because right. it's in Maine. And that's
0: Wendigo territory. Exactly. So the thing is, guys, is that I think just by reading the Wikipedia definition and just looking up as much information as you possibly can about these things, because honestly, there's really not a lot of concrete info, they always describe skinwalkers as animalistic, deer, elk, mm-hmm. um, person, a man. Um, basically it can shapeshift and whatever the fuck it wants to. Wendigos literally says humanoid creature. So to me, if it has antlers, that's not humanoid to me. Mm-hmm. So that's just, I'm just going off what Wikipedia has said and multiple people on Reddit on, you know, different things that come and they're like, I've done all this research. This is the difference they how they look. And it's just anything with antlers to me is not a Wendigo. If you have something or you know of something that can tell me that there are Wendigos with antlers, please, by all means, email us. Let us know because... From what I'm gathering from all the internet information I can gather, wendigos do not have antlers.
1: That's why we said we definitely are planning on going to planning on doing an episode about wendigos because we are going to try to find as much information oh, yeah. as we possibly can. I can totally understand and be completely respectful of the fact if a lot of Native American tribes of what's left don't want to share a lot of that oh, information yeah. and don't feel comfortable a lot of that could be part of their history that they want to keep to themselves and i have nothing but the us- utmost respect about that it's just that it's something that i have respect for and mm-hmm. casper has respect for which is why we want to have more information about it um we so want like to i said actually was possible oh, for sure and anything that we do but especially something like this um So, yeah, again, the ghostofohio.org website is incredible. Um, Gives a ton of information about the uh, history of Boston, Ohio, and then going into the folklore. So, if you wanted to go ahead and... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. So, Helltown
0: is a nickname given to the northern part of Summit County. The areas most often associated with Helltown legends are Boston Township and Boston Village, as well as portions of Sagamore Hills and Northfield Center Townships. These areas are often combined into one large region, one large region which is commonly referred to as Boston Mills. Settled in 1806, Boston stands as the oldest village in Summit County. The first mill was built in the village in the early 1820s. Several years later, the construction of the Ohio and Erie Canal brought more people to Boston and over the next few decades, mills began to flourish in the area, most notably a paper mill. When a railroad station was constructed in the town in the early 1880s, the station was named Boston Mills in reference to the paper mill. In the late 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 1960s, a nationwide movement began that expressed concern over the destruction of our forests. In response, President Ford signed legislation in 1974 that enabled the National Park Services to purchase land and use it to create national parks. On December 27th of 1974, hundreds of acres of land, including some within the township of Boston, were officially designated a national recreation area. Many people did not realize that this legislation gave the federal government the power to use the right of eminent domain to acquire land from private owners in order to clear the way for the national park. But almost immediately after the bill was passed, the government began purchasing houses throughout the Boston township and surrounding area. Once the government decided to buy a property, there was no negotiation involved. The owners were forced to relocate. Residents began leaving in droves, and entire townships were swallowed up by the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. These events were so tragic that they were featured in the 1983 PBS documentary, For the Good of All. Perhaps the general feelings of the displaced homeowners were best summed up in a statement found scrawled across the wall of a vacated home. Now we know how the Indians felt.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Karma. No, just... <laughs> Karma's uh, a bitch! I, so, yeah, uh, if you come to believe, like they say, you know, like, or come to know now, after especially after that statement, um, the Lenape that were there probably were run out if it was settled in 1806, and uh, the thing I just find that's interesting is that... So in this, the reasoning that in 1974 they decided to designate Boston as a national recreation area is their concern over the the destruction of forests, basically deforestation, which is something that still happens. It still happens. That's why it's just hard for me to believe that you take one area in northern Ohio and that's the area that you decide to stop deforestation in and turn into a park. And you really didn't give much of these people a right with, with, with anything, especially with eminent domain. That's such a fucked up thing in our government system that for any reason that the government would want to come and take your land, they'll just come take it.
0: Red flag. They'll assert eminent domain <laughs> and just
1: take your shit. Like, that's really fucked up.
0: Red flags all over this situation.
1: Um, <laughs> I did want to... So... Going back to the uh, Helltown um, documentary that I was talking about. So, according to legends, um, the first settlers, according to the legend that this discussed, the first settlers that come into Boston, Ohio were led by a preacher by the name of Reed Farrington. This was not a real person. So, again, just letting you guys (laughs) know, this was a faux documentary. It just gave some insight into what possibly could have happened there from supposed folklore. So there was this Reed Farrington guy that came in, um, as the leader of some of the first settlers into Boston, Ohio. And these were some of the first settlers that pushed the, uh, well in this thing, they were calling them the Algonquin, but what we now know were part of the Lenape tribe off of the land. Uh, supposedly, Um, sometime in and around the time that they start to settle in the land is when they start to have trouble with their crops. Um, all kinds of things are happening. That's when they start getting sightings of this quote unquote, Wendigo. They decide to look into Lenape legends and adopt some of their cultures and rituals and mix that in with their Irish Catholic beliefs and develop some weird rituals where they decide to leave food for the Wendigo, thinking that will help restore their village and their crops and so on and so forth. That doesn't work. Ultimately, they decide to start leaving it goats. That starts to get things a little better. But what it really wants is a taste for human blood, and that's when Reed Farrington really starts going crazy and decides to sacrifice a member of their own village. And that's when things really start to go haywire. And y'all, this shit sounds like The Village mixed with uh, The Ritual. I know, right? <laughs> so that's that's apparently when shit really starts going crazy. And um, there, this what what builds from that over time, even well into the. 70s is this cult that develops from the early settlers that call themselves the W cult and ultimately what they decide to do is protect the Wendigo and they constantly they they still for many many years under secrecy shrouded in mystery of this town are still performing sacrifices to appease this Wendigo well, at some point according to legend in this documentary, two kids go missing in, this, in the in late 60s. So this is before the government comes in and buys Boston, Ohio out. Two kids go missing and they've linked it the local police have linked it back to this W cult. Well, they decide to kill everybody in the cult. Apparently a few of them did get away. They never found the bodies of the kids, but they did supposedly find evidence of the Wendigo. Well, apparently the W cult was never heard from again after that. Uh nothing was ever mentioned again until 74 when all the houses are bought up and uh people are moved off of the land and then later on in the documentary they they bring in a uh in, uh some army soldiers. In seventy five, and what they're being told is a routine mission actually ends up them getting caught up in this whole thing. They get cat most of them, except for one, get killed by this W cult. And what they realize is that they were sent in there as a setup. The government set the whole thing up. So the government's been in on in the cult to try to keep and capture this Wendigo to experiment on in some way. So uh it's just really neat to think that that this folklore the rumor mill that surrounded this town for so many years really bred into this you know it it's basically I feel like this documentary just took a little bit of everything you know there there's a there's a church in the town that supposedly people think satanic worship has happened so it took a little bit of that It took the Indian legends and a little bit of that. It it just
0: a little bit of this, a little bit of that. The government
1: coming in. I mean, anytime the government gets in anything, (laughs) that's just rife with conspiracy theories. So there you go. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a really cool take on. Hey, we don't know what the hell's going on there, but it could be this. So, I just, I just thought that was it was really cool to watch. If anybody gets a a chance to check it out, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. I really. I I liked the take on it with it was the different. Indian legends and whatnot. It was pretty cool. Um, and if anything, maybe it'll get people to uh, research more about Wendigos. I mean, we're definitely going to do more and do a podcast. I was like, of um, sure. it's kind of perfect
0: to do a Wendigo podcast. Because I, love, I fucking
1: love Wendigos. I think she's starting to
0: get into Wendigos as I am. Oh, the man, I've been listening to a
1: lot more stories about them. And it's really... What... What factual ones you can find are really, really, really interesting because there's so they're many different, scary, there's so dude. many different similarities and they're horrifying. Like there's I've, a couple I've listened to, and guys, oh my god, I go camping and <laughs> these skinwalker and wendigo stories. When people are camping, are the fucking worst ones to listen to because you're like, look, I'm still gonna go camping, but motherfucker, <laughs> you know what? I'm t- this is super random and I'm sorry, like way
0: off track, but it- Listening to stories, I was guy I listened to on um, YouTube called, named B Busta. I've listened to him before; love him. Just creepy is your just creepy is who you need to listen to for all your skinwalker needs. <laughs> He's got twelve hour long fucking like, videos, got full of of them of those stories. And I I don't hardly listen to him much anymore because I've heard all of them. But um, B Busta does some stories about black eyed children. Ugh. Y'all, listen, yeah, if the there's worst... anything I'm actually, like, legitimately terrified of... Same. ...is that shit. Oh,
1: my God. If I ever heard our door...
0: Absolutely someone not. ...someone like, knocked at our door, like, 10 o'clock nope. at night, I'd be like, nope. Not gonna happen. You cannot look them in the eye. Like, Deuces. I just, no. Fuck that. Oh, I've
1: always been. I've known about <sighs> the Black Eyed Children legend... For years. Fuck that for shit. For a long, long, long fucking time. And I've just, oh my God, I've always said there's no fucking way I would fuck up one of those kids. <laughs> like, there's no way. Can we come in and use your phone? Uh, Bitch, use your
0: own phone. Don't you got a phone?
1: And you're like, try not to pay eye contact. You're like, don't you got a phone? <laughs> that will be we'll put that on the list for another paranormal uh paranormal episode too guys we'll definitely do a black eyed children black eyed kids episode cuz not many that's legends legit point. like i'm
0: obsessed with skinwalkers they scare me but i don't not every story about them scares me fucking black eyed children i'm always every like, fucking story about black eyed children is
1: terrifying <laughs> it's always terrifying No! so thank um you. <laughs> Exactly, that <laughs> right there. Um, the origin of the legends with Boston, Ohio. Um, it goes into that once the government bought a house, it was boarded up and covered with a U.S. issued no trespassing sign. The house sat vacant until the government would arrange for it to be demolished. Some of the houses were intentionally burned as training ex- exercises for local fire departments. With hundreds of homes being purchased in such a short period of time, The government quickly fell behind schedule in tearing them down, and it was not uncommon to drive down a street and find several boarded-up houses sitting next to the burnt-out remains of others. To a passing motorist unaware of the events taking place in the area, it might easily have seemed as if the entire town had mysteriously disappeared into thin air, and this is how rumors began. So the legends of Helltown come from a number of stories that circulated about Helltown. Um, They became so great that it was nearly impossible to track all of them. In many cases, the stories weave in and out of each other, and uh, we're going to share with you guys some of the more well-known legends and the true story behind each of them. Which is dope. So, I will let Casper start with the first one.
0: So, there is a legend that there is a government cover-up to hide the fact that they spilled deadly chemicals in the area, which is a lot like, um, it sounds very similar to Centralia. Yeah. All of that terribleness. I mean, that was a
1: mine fire, but. That was a big part of the reason why everybody...
0: Um, These chemicals have caused bizarre mutations to area residents and their children. The truth is that stories regarding a government conspiracy refer to the area where the chemicals were spilled as either Butane Town, Mutane Town, or Mutant's Town. The first two named after the chemicals said to have been spilled and the last describing the results of the alleged spill. Records show that there was never a chemical spill of any type in the area, and these stories are most likely attempts to explain the various US government signs on the abandoned billion billion landings, buildings. I don't know why the word buildings became a seven <laughs> um, what's that word? Syllable. The seven syllable word. <laughs> like that just I was like yo yo
1: yo 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 <laughs> So um there actually was a uh, leak. There, uh, it was, it happened in, let me see. I was trying to find, I found a small article about it. Um, it didn't, it, this wasn't anything that that actually had uh, anything to do with boston ohio it just happened to be close enough by that um somehow it got tied into the story um but i think it was actually called the kaiser nuclear spill i was trying to find more here it is I think it was either the Kaiser or the Kaifer nuclear spill that happened in Northern Ohio. Um, and that led to people believing in all kinds of different folklore that, uh, oh my God, even down to something that there was possibly a uh, mutated snake that came out of the area. There was... Legends of a uh, giant python that got into the nuclear spill. um, And that was dating all the way back to 1944. Um, So it's near... It's in the Cuyahoga Valley area. um, And it's near an area, the area of Bath Township. So uh, what, what it all has to do is with this supposed nuclear or with this nuclear spill that actually did happen outside of Boston, Ohio. So near it, uh, that even got tied into the, um, the hell town, the fake documentary thing they were watching. They think that they were thinking that if this thing, this, this creature or whatever they were seeing, wasn't a Wendigo, that possibly it could have been an animal, that mutated from this uh, uh, from this nuclear spill that happened. That's some fallout shit, <laughs> right? That's some fallout. I heard about that you episode. Plays fallout up? man. <laughs> some
0: of those animals. You're like the fuck is that? It's like from straight up from the thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it's like rumors of like shit that happened in like Chernobyl, like that there was shit that that mutated. So it was something very very similar to that. So, uh there was a spill. It didn't happen in the town, but it was close enough to the town that that started a lot of rumors and legends. But that actually happened back in the 40s. That happened back in the 40s and 50s. So this was even way before anything had to do with Helltown uh becoming unincorporated land and then moving everybody out and turning it into the park later on. So um So the legend with the cemetery is that the local cemetery is haunted by a ghost that sits on a bench and stares blankly into creation. Same. Sounds like a blast. Um, That's that's what I do. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The truth is that interestingly enough, the ghost in the cemetery is almost always described in this precise way with no further details offered because there's little descriptive information about the ghost. It's nearly impossible to determine a story or identify a, a story or identity that might accompany it. The home of this alleged spirit is Boston Cemetery, which, interestingly, has no bench. Um, The cemetery is still there. Uh, Boston, Ohio is right off the highway. It sits right right kind of at the bottom, sort of the bottom of the Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga Valley National Park and uh yeah all that's left of the town stanford road the infamous road that we'll get into the legends about that is still there and at the end of what was main street is boston cemetery so that'll be interesting started from the bottom uh, now we're here
0: (laughs) the trees and the cemetery move i don't like that at all think trees should move <laughs> the truth is that this legend is another one that appears verbatim on a large number of websites but again no additional information is given one email the ghost of ohio received claimed that members of a satanic cult caused the trees to move in order to protect the cult's secrets
1: we found nothing of substance to support this claim i feel like See, that was reaching a bit yeah um, another legend is that Boston Cemetery contains the graves of a large number of children who were all killed in a bus accident. The truth was that, as with any cemetery, there are children's graves in Boston uh, Cemetery, but none of them are the result of a bus crash. This legend was likely started in an attempt to tie the cemetery to the legend of the school bus. Yeah, so the we'll magic one? The legend of the school bus. No, unfortunately, it is not the magic school bus but I'll let you get
0: into the house in the woods. I was <laughs> reading. Note, Ohio cemeteries gated or not close at dusk. If you were inside a cemetery yeah. in the dark, you are trespassing. Don't go Due to into recent a cemetery, vandalism don't. in Boston Cemetery, the of course States on a basis. If you are caught inside Boston
1: Cemetery at night, you will be arrested. It's basically the same disclaimer that we got That is not a legend, not a cemetery. Cemetery. <laughs> It's basically what we said about Step Cemetery. That is not a legend. That is truth.
0: But <laughs> I, can see, I can see why. Well, yeah, because... I can't imagine the vandalism that go would go on. No one respects anymore. Nope. Not at all. No we're oh, Sorry. Yes. So, the legend of the house in the woods. There's an abandoned house in the woods where one light always appears in the upstairs window. It's Blair Witch. <laughs> right. The truth is there is actually a house in Boston Township where a light stays on all night. It's the local hostel. I don't know why. Hostel. My brain was like, not You're a word. Like, nope, not. <laughs> a lodging house for young travelers. The light stays on since it accepts guests 24 hours a day. The house sits some dis- distance off the road, but it is not in the woods. There are several signs posted that direct travelers to the hostel, including one right at the end of the driveway. Interestingly, I'm sorry, there was a hair in my mouth. Interestingly, right around the time that these signs were posted, the legend of the light in the upstairs window began to cite the
1: school bus house instead of the hostel. Yeah, the how the hostel is actually called the Stanford House. It's on Stanford Road. Um, it's the only house on that road. Uh, yeah, it's basically a like a hostel slash bed and breakfast. Um, you can still stay there. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Let's go right now. I've i i don't. Sorry, guys, we had to cut the. Show. Yeah, probably not right this second, but at some point, yes. Um. So the legend of the school bus is that a whole bus load of children were slaughtered in the woods by a serial killer, a band of serial killers, or an escaped mental patient, several escaped mental patients, or a group of satanists or cult members. So the beginning of the who's new telling Halloween story. Movie. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Okay. It was that, or them, or Satanists, or cult members, or the Ws, or whatever. Um, the bus is still there, although the seats have been removed. Sometimes the bus fills up with the ghosts of the murdered children, each one sitting in his or her ghostly seat. Sometimes the ghost of a man, who is the killer, supposedly, is smoking a cigarette. Seen at the back of the bus, and other times only the children's screams or laughter are heard coming from inside. Locals no. Locals have attempted to tow the cursed <laughs> bus away, but each time they have tried... Some mishap occurs that often results in injury or death. Eventually, they decide to leave the bus there. So the truth is that prior to the 1974 buyout of the town, a family bought a house that was in dire need of repair. Since the house was not in livable condition, the family needed a temporary place to stay nearby while they made the repairs. They decided to bring an old school bus. So this is true. They decided to bring an old school bus. Onto the property and live in it until the repairs were completed. Apparently, they were just given the school bus. So, they pulled all the seats out. I've actually seen people do this. You can make some pretty dope tiny homes with a school bus. You pull all the it's seats out. Uh, it's basically an RV really, without a bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> you could and you could put your own plumbing in there if you, if you really wanted to get it down. It'd be pretty dope. Um, when the government bought the property, the family had no use for the bus and they left it behind. The local government has since had the bus removed since area residents have registered complaints about the large number of people searching the woods at night looking for cursed buses. Note, this is also why there are abandoned cars, farm equipment, and other things scattered across the area. In most cases, non-working machinery was simply left behind. Yeah. So apparently when the remaining buildings were torn down in 2016, Somewhere around there before that is when the bus was hauled away because people got sick of this fucking rumor. Because that's all it was. It was just people were living in the bus to do repairs on the home. Once the home got bought out and these people were forced to move, they're not going to take this fucking bus with them. So they <laughs> left it there. And then that got thrown into a rumor. I mean, I could see why. It probably looks... it. Honest to God, it probably looks creepy as Fuck, seeing an abandoned school bus just randomly overgrown in the woods somewhere. <laughs> I mean, anybody would think, why the fuck would that be there? But, but no, there's a very logical does not
0: belong here.
1: Very logical explanation as to why it's there. So you know what? They should have a, a a hayride in this place, right?
0: Because listen, it would work. That would be awesome. Because you're in a really like an actual haunted area, so you're like doing a haunted ride. But people don't come out and scare you. You literally just, at night, ride on a hayride through this town. Right. That would be dope. Hey,
1: if anybody does that, um, I patented it. <laughs> Start the money. Start the GoFundMe now. You gotta get through the government on that shit. Yeah. Well, it see, that's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. If that's all... This would not happen because that is all governmentally funded land. So, yeah, yeah this... That sounds like fun. I mean, it sounds like a great time, and and it would be cool to do. But it's just not going to happen. And plus, a lot of these things are gone now. It's yeah. all gone, you know. So, guys, we're going to give a lot of disclaimer. I just want to say that right off the bat, we do plan on going there. But any of the houses, anything that was remaining there that people still saw pictures of, is all gone by 2016. It was all torn down.
0: It's going to probably and if look it's all like government, then.
1: if it's all government incorporated land, they're not. Yeah. It's just gonna be trails like you're going through a park
0: which is honestly so cool. i'm I'm fine with that I think it looks really pretty so yeah no I'm no 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 to go I'm definitely, I
1: definitely want to go for sure so
0: yeah so the church this is this is the legend I really was excited to read because if you look at the church it has two upside down crosses on the uh on the front, which, you know, is never good.
1: This surrounds a, a lot of the
0: legends, not, yeah. Yes. So the legends of the local churches are um, is that they were used for cults. The church is never open for mass no matter the time you go. There's an evil man who lives in the basement and guards the church against outsiders. He refuses to let people see his face and hides if you try to look at him. I love that he's an evil man. How the fuck do we know he's an evil man? Like, it could just be a man. <laughs> maybe he's just trying to live his just life. automatically. He's just an evil man. Maybe he's just trying to live his life, you know? <laughs> a group this of devil... Guy. <laughs> he's just, just trying to live his He's life. just trying to live his life and he refuses to let people see his face because maybe he's just trying to be a person and he doesn't want everyone staring at him all the goddamn time. I'm like, sorry. A group of devil worshippers own the church... There are always candles burning in the church, even at night, and the church has upside-down crosses all over it. All over, it's a little bit much. There are two, and it's not all over. (laughs) Yeah, calm down. Calm down. You are just Middletown. (laughs) I mean... So the truth is, there are in fact two churches to which these legends refer, Boston Community and Mother of Sorrows. One of the two, Boston Community, is the one that is more often the focus of the legends, particularly the ones involving the man in the basement, the evil man. The basement of Boston Community Church houses sorry houses classrooms and offices chances are that any man spotted in the basement was a church employee understandably startled by having strangers peer in at him perhaps startled enough to jump out of the way the reference to seeing lit candles inside the church at night may be true many religious centers allow members of their congregation to light candles in the memory of departed loved ones these candles are often permitted to continue burning even after the ceremony Mother of Sorrows is the church alleged to have upside down crosses hanging from it. The crosses are actually a design element in the church's gingerbread trim, which occur quite frequently in the Gothic Revival style of architecture. Both churches are listed in local directories, something that would be unlikely where they were affiliated with a secret cult. You can see the listing for Boston Community Church by clicking here. In addition, you can see a photo of Mother of Sorrows Church by visiting Explore Peninsula and taking their virtual heritage tour. The link entitled Main Street South is where you will find the photo of the church. Both churches display the crosses in the traditional manner. So, if it's a satanic church, you ain't going to know it. They're not going to let you take virtual tours of it. They're not going to do this and that. They're not satanic churches, everyone. Calm down. No, no.
1: (laughs) I definitely don't. I I don't think they are. A satanic
0: church also isn't going to be just plop in the middle of a town.
1: They're going to have that probably out in the middle of the fucking woods somewhere. It's going to be some, it's, it's, it's definitely, if there's going to be a satanic town anywhere, it's definitely going to be somewhere that's hidden. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was looking on a map here and it's interesting. Uh, The town of, there's a little teeny town just south of where Boston, Ohio, was called Pennsylvania, Ohio. And all of these towns run right along the Cuyahoga River. And where that chemical spill happened is actually a quarry located in a park. And um, I think, I don't know, I can't find anywhere where Boston Community College is still around, um, the building itself looks completely unassuming um but again, you know, like we mentioned about the Mother of Sorrows church, that one is you can purely see from the pictures, and one of them we post on our social media that that could that clearly just has to do with the architecture that that's not uh an upside down cross at all to me, it doesn't look like an upside down cross and actually interestingly enough, what most people may not know is um Not sure exactly when when and around the time of an upside-down cross became satanic, but originally in Christianity, an inverted Latin cross was actually the cross for the apostle Peter. Peter didn't feel that he was worthy to be crucified in the same manner as Jesus Christ, so he was crucified upside-down. So there's actually even been popes that have had hats that they've worn with upside down crosses. There's been churches, Catholic churches that have been seen. And these are usually the more older Latin Catholic churches, but they're seen with the cross of St. Peter. And it's an inverted Latin cross. And it was associated with the Apostle Peter. So I don't know when the bastardization of this became associated with the Satanic Church, but a lot of times, most churches will still recognize a lot of times, and you guys can Google this and you will see there are a lot of old Latin Catholic churches and a lot of their architecture, sometimes in their window displays, uh, where they will have an inverted cross. And that's a cross of St. Peter. That has nothing to do with satanic worship. So there's a lot of symbols that became bastardized over the years the pentagram, the inverted cross the uh oh my god the most famous one is unfortunately the um what the the what later became the nazi symbol which is actually a symbol of peace to buddhist in sanskrit uh before it was inverted and turned into a horrific nazi symbol so symbols over years it's really interesting how in one culture they can be deemed something pure and good and in another culture just be completely bastardized into something evil. So I just saw, I just thought that'd be something that was something interesting to bring up if a lot of people weren't aware that that was the original symbol for the inverted cross. If people didn't know that. Um, I actually didn't. Yep.
0: I've always been taught that the upside down cross meant,
1: basically satanic? It's not. Yeah. The Apostle Peter, which is interesting enough that a lot of Christians would, I would think a lot of Christians would be taught this, that he felt himself so unworthy of Jesus that he wanted to be crucified. He even though he was going to be crucified, he was martyred ultimately, uh, he felt so unworthy that he has to be crucified upside down. So it's interesting enough that most Christians would know that story, but Nope. Still not deem it necessary to say that is what an inverted cross is, and it's not due to satanic worship. Um, But anyway, I digress. I just thought that was something interesting. But You can use anything
0: for satanic worship. I could be like, hey, I want to use this spoon. There you go. The spoon
1: is cursed. The spoon of Satan. (laughs) This is now the spoon of Satan. I will eat my Satan cereal with this spoon. But Satan only drinks almond milk (laughs) with his cereal.
0: I feel like the Satan from Sabrina. Satan is
1: lactose intolerant. The Satan
0: from Sabrina is definitely a Mr. Almond Milk. He is definitely lactose intolerant. He is. (laughs) How can he be lactose intolerant if he's a goat?
1: Oh, damn. Well, goat's milk. Well, that's true. He can't have cow's milk. Can't be cow. Can't be cow's milk. Can't be cow. Mm -hmm. No. Them everything. If
0: your spoon is from Satan and you have a Satan spoon, everything you eat doesn't go to your butt. Or I mean, everything you eat doesn't go to fat. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be incredible? I have to. Could you imagine hauling that spoon everywhere? I have to eat with this spoon. You're like I need. Why can't you eat? No. Listen, it has to be the spoon because I'm if I eat with this spoon, diet. I'm on a strict Satan spoon diet. <laughs> I have to eat. I'm on a Satan spoon, guys. Right? <laughs> if I don't eat with this spoon, it'll it goes right to my thighs, and then I blow up. I just mixed so much shit right Damn there. Damn it, so
1: Satan. Sorry. Um. Anyway, uh, no, that was that was great. Uh, so I there need someone a to make a movie called Satan's Satan spoon. <laughs> spoon. So there's a legend of a hearse, apparently. Um, as the legend goes, if you go past the road closed sign, you will find a house in which a creepy man or a family in some stories, there's, a, there's either a creepy lone man or a whole creepy ass family. just depends on who you ask. Um, the man that drives the hearse will chase you away if you get too close to the house. In some versions of the legend, the hearse has only one headlight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're a millennial, you can't read or see one headlight. Wallflowers. A hearse with one headlight chased us through the town, or we tried to follow the hearse and it vanished at the end of the road. So there's a bit of truth to this legend, apparently. According to Randy Bergdoff, who is a curator and historian of the Pencil... Pennsylvania, I literally wanted to read Pennsylvania so bad. It looks like it. Um, I mean, you're close. Of the Peninsula Library and Historical Society, there was a Boston Township family that owned a hearse at one time that they used for Halloween. However, it is impossible to drive past the road. Closed signs, the gate across the road are locked tight. There is a creek that runs alongside the road, and the area is heavily wooded on both sides. A hearse would not be able to navigate this stretch of the road. So um, that actually comes, I think, at the end of Stanford Road, one of these roads, because we're actually going to get into... Oh, no, that's the Main Street. I'm sorry. So the Main Street is the infamous one. There's If people look up Boston, Ohio, there's another, besides the church, there's another really famous photo of what we described, the road with the creek on one side, woods on both sides, and the big road-closed gate across it. Um, And that is actually the end of, that's Main Street. So Stanford has one, Main Street has one. But at the end of Main Street is the Boston Cemetery, like we mentioned. I thought that was interesting, the thing with the hearse. That's funny. A lot of people own hearses, believe it or not. A lot of people. I mean, I kind of want one. My dad had one. I want one. And I want to paint it in, like, all horror shit. Funny story, he used to pile people in the back of it to go to drive-ins and just pay one ticket. That's incredible. How amazing is that? I want one. You pay one ticket and you squeeze like seven people in the back of it. I was like, of course my dad had a hearse. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're like, of course. Of course course.
0: (laughs) he had a hearse. (laughs) The end of the world. Legend, evil awaits all those who drive this road at night. The road is possessed and there may have been many fatal car crashes on it. An evil force will try to take control of your car and force you to crash. (laughs) If you drive to the end of the world at night, a group of robs... Robbed?
1: (laughs) I totally read fucking robbed. Yeah, I was robbed! By Satanists! They took my spoon!
0: Those fuckers... I got my Satan spoon. Hey, we're
1: writing the movie, guys. Come on. We're giving you Getting a this movie done. right we're here. Giving it to you.
0: If you drive to the end of the world at night, a group of robed Satanists will surround your car and form a former human chain and attempt to trap you there. Now I'm going to just run y'all bitch asses over. <laughs> you like
1: chain my um, ass. Um,
0: Red Rover, Red Rover, I'm about to run <laughs> you the fuck over. <laughs> 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 the truth. Stanford Road is a twisting road with a steep incline. At the top of the hill, there's a sudden drop down the other side. Motorists looking for a cheap thrill began driving up the Stanford Road at very high rates of speed. As their car crested the hill, the illusion of driving off a cliff or the end of the world was created. Considering the amount of reckless driving that has taken place on Stanford Road over the years, it is no surprise there have been several fatalities. It's unlikely they were caused by paranormal activity. Stanford Road is one of the infamous dead-end roads, and cults and murders are naturally part
1: of its lore. There is no evidence, historical or otherwise, to back up these claims. Yeah, there's a lot of dead-end roads like that. dead Dead man's curves, things like that. And Stanford Road is just a prime example. If you drive all the way to the end of it and you don't see... If you guys look at it on the map, it is a really... Sharp ass L curve. So if you're driving way too fast and you don't pay attention to any of the signs or don't know that curve is there, it's coming. Yeah, you're just gonna fly right off. So it would make sense, I guess. I guess it would be a it'd be the end of your world. You, you drive fuck over that hill. Oh, like, I mean, well. just saying. Do I get a new spoon? So, no,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. Um. So the highway to hell. Um. Can we just? <laughs> now stop stoplights, <life>, speed limits.
1: <laughs> sorry. Pull <laughs> <Bye, no, hold laughs> <me> down, <laughs> hey Satan. Like I'm sorry. Hey, my dues. Highway to hell. ACDC. We got to do it, guys. That so is great. my jam. It's a great fucking. I think that's song. my favorite ACDC it's a song. Great fucking. Song. <laughs> it's so. Oh, fun. I have a lot but that's oh no i do there. too but it's that's great fucking it's
0: one of those songs like when that guitar starts you're like uh volume to the max please it's like <laughs> you,
1: just, you just fucking you know like you <laughs> know what's coming and <laughs> you just like turn shit up <laughs> like i'm in the fucking mood it. <laughs> you gotta be in the mood when you're in the mood that song just it does like it. sunroof fucking up. You got yeah. all
0: the windows down. I mean, if you have
1: a sunroof, I don't. But sunroof, if you got it, all <laughs> the windows down. <laughs> if you don't I mean, if got you don't. If but... you don't got one, then just get you a chainsaw. Just you know, <laughs> make your own DIY. <laughs> DIY that shit. Um. So a serial killer with an axe has been butchering motorists who travel this road at night. Police have been unable to apprehend him. Fuck, he's got an axe, shit. Um, don't drive down the highway to hell at night. There are crazy people who hide in the woods and will jump out at you. Again, if you jump out at my car, Red Rover, Red Rover, I'm running your ass the fuck over. Like, don't I am jump not in front responsible for what car. happens to your body. Like, <laughs> if You get hit, you get hit. It's don't jump out in front exactly. of my fucking car, dumbass. Lesson. Don't jump in the front of my fucking car um this road is actually the same one that takes motorists to the end of the world the highway to hell legend is an example of how urban legends form they start with harmless harmless activity add tried and true horror (laughs) elements and give the place a creepy (laughs) ass name and you have the perfect urban legend so again the highway to hell is the dead is the dead end street is the into the world street same thing i would
0: really like to go on that road and play that song i feel like that needs to happen when we go yeah i just it just we'll, it we'll does.
1: plan that, we'll, make that we'll
0: plan that we'll, we'll
1: be like are happen. we on the ha- are we here <laughs> are we on that road on that highway get our I'll spoons keep, keep ready my spoon protected <laughs> i love that this is this is another shirt idea
0: Satan, hashtag Satan's spoon, spoon. and then just have a little spoon with a devil drawn on it. it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or we could make it look like those, those, uh, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but, uh, you used to be able to send off for Gerber spoons, and they would put your name and your birth date on them, and on the end of the spoon, it would have the little Gerber baby's face, it would have Satan's face instead of the
0: Gerber can it be the Tim Curry version of Satan, please? Her fucking faction. Oh boring. my god. That's the cover right there. Or Black Phillip. We could put Black Phillip on there.
1: Uh, oh, I he was t- taken though. So we'll have to come up with a That's true, we can't do that. What Black Phillip.
0: Dost thou want oh, me as a person.
1: I, I'm like, <laughs> Satan, man, I get it. I'm like. <laughs> never related what the fuck do you want i have never related so much to a character <laughs> <laughs> i just get this goat he just gets I like, me me and black philip would be so tight like, <laughs> like can
0: we just talk about what the fuck happened to those kids what the fuck happened to those kids? We have no idea. We have no... They disappeared overnight. I don't care. But I'm like, thank you for removing those children. I don't care what happened to They those were kids. the most annoying fucking children.
1: I do not care what happened to those I kids. I did like their little songs, though.
0: The Black films Right. Those, those were, were cool. But, but I I'm did like, not care what happened that. To They would those just kids. scream. They would just scream all the fucking time. Like, they were hi. like, Thomas, that is a witch! And I'm like, would you fucking stop? She's not a witch yet. She's fine. <laughs> You're like,
1: not yet! Not yet. Shut up!
0: <laughs> She's not a witch yet. Yet. Give her some time. Uh, Spoiler alert. (laughs) So the dead end road legends are that if you go past the quote unquote road close signs in Helltown to the end of the dead end street, you will find a creepy cemetery. There are two roads that dead end for no reason. The roads both continue. The roads both continue. The Satanists put up road close signs to keep you from going down to their hideouts. The truth. Boston Cemetery sits at the end of a main street, a paved road without any road close signs on it. Driving down main street towards the cemetery is very much like coming to the end of a street in a subdivision. The road simply ends at the entrance to the
1: cemetery. That's the way, uh, the cemetery in Fall River was. Yeah, that was weird. I was, you're so literally just that. in the middle of a fucking, you're in a straight, straight up suburban <laughs> neighborhood. You turn down an alley and there's an old ass cemetery right in front of you. It was so fucking crazy. And it's not
0: like in most cemeteries where there's like a little road trailing off to it. No. This road went
1: the into The end it. of the road is the cemetery. It was so weird. So literally the way they describe this, that this, the road simply ends at the entrance of the cemetery. Yep. yep. Well, that's the way this was. It did. It, it really just into the cemetery. right into the cemetery. And then
0: we were like, where are we going? And the little feet.
1: The oh, little footprints. Like, oh, like, there's go this way. way. There you go. Thanks.
0: Although it was pretty fucking cool that you could see the cobblestone
1: yeah.
0: road underneath the paved road. That was dope. I it even was, got a picture of that. I was like, was, that's
1: so cool. Uh, yeah, wearing away. That, that was, was really awesome. cool.
0: So Stanford Road has two road close signs on it. And as the photo above shows, the road does not continue past the signs. When Stanford Road was in full operation, it cut through several townships. Over time, a portion of the road reached such a state of disrepair that traveling on it was unsafe. Sagamore Hills and Northville Center Township each owned a portion of the Stanford Road and were both asked to make the necessary repairs to the road. Neither one was willing to bear the financial burden... (laughs) sounds like Ohio, of bringing that portion of the road up to code or to shoulder the liability that someone could get hurt on the road in its current condition. The simplest solution was to close that portion of the Stanford Road. The simple solution. In order to successfully close the damaged section of Stanford Road, barricades and road close signs were placed at both ends, effectively creating two dead-end streets. The fact that there are two places where Stanford Road dead ends into road close signs along with the abandoned houses that dot the landscape lends itself very easily to the propagation of rumors.
1: Yeah. I can oh. see why. But because it's weird, you you drive down that road, then you've got the Stanford house, you keep driving, you've got that sharp ass dead man's curve, and then it just end just dead ends into a road close sign. That's kind of fucked up. That is really strange. That, that, would be, that would be fucking weird. Um. So here is a legend of the slaughterhouse. No. You will see ghostly faces if you look inside the windows of the slaughterhouse. Note, uh, the photo that is on this website was apparently taken with a telephoto lens while standing in Boston Cemetery. Please do not trespass onto an owner's property. Um, don't do that to anybody's property. I would don't not recommend that. Do that. No. So the truth was that there was never an official slaughterhouse in Boston Mills uh, in and around that area. Remember it was not your average town. It was a mill town. The building that is often referred to as the old slaughterhouse sits next to Boston cemetery. It is actually part of an old duplex built for tenants from the neighboring mill. The old building sits next to a more modern home, The contrast between the two buildings accentuates the rundown appearance of the duplex. The duplex has been acknowledged for its historical significance and is part of the National Historic District. It stands as one of the only two houses in the entire U.S. that the Park Service has sold back to private ownership. So that was actually mentioned in that Helltown documentary, too. There's actually a scene that you see where these army guys back in 1975 are investigating, um, and they're thinking that they're hearing the Wendigo, and uh, they come up on what they call the slaughterhouse, and it's this it's this building that they reference that that we you know I just mentioned, um, and somehow and again that gives credence to this legend that we just mentioned that for some reason that building got turned into a local slaughterhouse that was supposedly haunted, but it never was a slaughterhouse. Uh, it was just a, it was an old mill that they decided to turn into housing. And so uh, the building itself looks really cool. I mean, because you can tell it, it looks really old. And I, I guess if to the untrained eye, maybe you could think it was a slaughterhouse, but they never had one. <clears throat> so the funeral home legend. There's an
0: abandoned funeral home next to the cemetery. Candles are often seen burning in the windows at night and cult members will chase you away if you try to get too close to the building. The truth is that the building some call the abandoned funeral home is the same one others say is the old slaughterhouse.
1: Yeah, so no funeral home either. Um, So this is a really interesting legend that I had never heard of until I saw this article. Um, Is a legend that there's a connection between Boston Township and the movie Children of the Corn. Um, So the legend goes that the movie was actually filmed in Boston Township. Uh, Satanic props from the movie were left behind by the production crew and now are being used by actual Satanists. Yeah, they're Satanists on a budget. All right. Calm it the fuck down. What's the problem? Um, they the can't movie... get their own spoons. Secondhand spoons. The movie was based on real life events that took place in Helltown. So I, I, I knew, I actually love the movie Children of the Corn, so I knew it wasn't filmed anywhere in Ohio. So that was interesting that that was ever a legend. Um, so truth, can't you just look that old it very easily, truth be told, the original children of the corn, which was released in 1984 by new world pictures was actually filmed in Whitting, Iowa sequels to the film were shot in various locations in and around California by 1983, around the time that the original children of the corn was being filmed, the national park service had already been acquiring the land for almost nine years. Special permission from the Department of the Interior would have been required in order to film a movie in the area. So, see, anything done in and around there, you're going to have to ask for permission. Um, There's no truth to the actual statement that the film was inspired by events that took place in Boston Township. The film was actually based on Stephen King's short stories of the same name that appeared in his collection of short stories, Night Shift. In both the King story and the original film, the setting was actually Gatlin, Nebraska. So it's all wrong. <laughs> it's all of it's wrong. Subsequent movie releases were all set either within the town of Gatlin or in nearby cities, but never outside of Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's cornfields in Ohio. There's no cornfields in and around Boston. Like we said, it's all a national park service. So there's mostly trees everywhere. Um, if you're ever going to shoot anywhere that's going to have a cornfield, Nebraska and Iowa are going to be your top fucking bet. That's nothing but cornfields. So I actually knew that because I remember the stories from Stephen King. I was a big children of the corn fan. So I was interesting to see. This is a legend because I'd never heard this before. And I don't know where the you're fuck like the that fuck? started because there's, yeah, no, no. That would have been very easy to debunk.
0: Satanic activity warnings, legends. Local authorities warn motorists not to travel through Boston Township at night due to satanic activity in the area. Satan's looking around with his spoons. Sorry, Satan's looking for a spoon. You guys can't drive down this road. <laughs> um, Excuse me, this road is closed for Satan. <laughs> The truth. In an effort to curb the trespassing vandalism that is taking place, Boston Township trustees have asked Summit County Sheriff's Office Department to tell individuals to move along should they be found loitering in certain areas at night, including near the
1: cemetery. Because we know how disrespectful people are. You guys heard our Step Cemetery episode. You know, people come around there, disrespecting the area. I'm sure the same fucking thing happens there. What happened
0: at the reformatory?
1: How (sighs) many people were, like, left super early
0: or we're, like, even talking to us and they're like, yeah, not one fucking thing has happened to us tonight. And I'm like,
1: "I it has not stopped since I walked in this building. Don't be disrespectful of areas like that, especially something that's a cemetery. Anywhere that someone died needs to be respected. You know, you yep. don't need to be, if you want to go there at night and you're, the problem is, is that, yeah, you're going to get more activity at night. But 90% of the time, the people that are coming there at night are not coming there to be respectful. They're coming there to cause shit. And then the cops have to turn around and clean it up. So I, I totally get it. And that's anywhere you go. Anywhere, anywhere. you go, respect ghosts.
0: You, you don't, they are literally people. You would respect them just like you would respect a person. What do you, do you would you ask a person to do tricks for you? Would you ask go up to a person and be like, "Hey, I want you to do this," and be a shitty person about it because you expect them to do it? No,
1: mm-hmm.
0: ghosts don't. Ghosts don't owe you anything. Just so like when when something happens,
1: why people don't owe you
0: anything, right? <laughs> so when something happens, usually me and Becky will always try to thank them for either talking, uh, proving that they're there, just because it's it's just genuine respect for another
1: person. Anyway, I didn't mean to go off on that rant. No, okay. <laughs> like we've mentioned this before, But yeah. I mean that goes without saying. Just be respectful. Be nice. So apparently, the last legend. This legend um, looks like ghost batteries. Ghost AAA. If you got problems with your car, um, how so old do a you have to be baby
0: Bridge to what? get ghost AAA. <laughs>
1: If you're dead and
0: you got car problems, we got you AAA. Well,
1: I locked Satan Spoon in the car again. God damn it, June. Sorry. We got to call Ghost AAA. That's (laughs) the only way you can get it out. Um, So there's always, oh my God, there's so many fucking legends of Crybaby Bridges, but apparently one of these got caught up with Pelltown. There's like 50,000 of them in Ohio, too. (laughs) Apparently there's a Cryberry... Cry... Cryberry. So, the legend goes, there's a cryberry bridge.
0: Which um, kind of berry? I bet
1: cryberries are delicious.
0: Um, Do they make you
1: cry? They're sad, but they're so good. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, just like my ex. Um, there's a cryberry... <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Wait, is he a crybaby or a cryberry?
1: No, he was so good, but made me cry. No. Oh. Um, <laughs>
0: I was not expecting that response. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. I'm here
1: all night, folks. <laughs> Tip your waitresses.
0: I mean, she really is here all night. She lives here. I live <laughs> <laughs> You live here. You're here all night. <laughs> Tip me. Um she I wish okay. had a spoon. I'd be like, oh, my God. That was really good.
1: Uh, did I make you cry? So this fucking bridge. <laughs> If you apparently bring an extra set of keys, park on the bridge, turn your car off, lock the doors. There's already way too many fucking steps to this. Right. Lock the doors, walk away with the keys, sitting inside. When you come back, the car will be covered in dust with little footprints all over it and your car will be running but still locked. That was already too much. I'm not doing all that. That's right. a lot. I'd be like, how much I am I going to check for were there footprints on the I'm car? I'm like, first of all, <sighs> I got to find my spare car key. Second of all, like, there's just too many steps in that fucking story. Second
0: of all, me being the dumbass that I am would like oh, both set <laughs> exactly! in the
1: car. Other
0: oh, and I'd be like, um, you gotta come get me yeah. in Helltown Cause
1: I yeah, I fucked up I'm in Helltown, and I fucked up Actually, that's when you call Ghost Triple-A really That's when you need Ghost Yeah, the spoon <laughs> And both sets of keys Yeah, I know! Where are you gonna be here? <laughs> you just gotta
0: call him the ghost I don't wanna hear a
1: fucking lecture <laughs> Ghost would just be able to just waltz in there Just get the spoon get the and the fucking keys out Thank you uh, so, truth be told, this particular legend incorporates some classic ghost related urban legend elements. Like I mentioned, there are so many fucking references to cry baby bridges, either that or railroad tracks where, you know, footprints, handprints left on the car. So, uh, it's probably just your car realizing your fuck, car is I just need to wash really it. dirty. <laughs> uh, so, cry baby bridges can be found throughout the U.S. And uh, Ghosts of Ohio's database contained reference to at least 18 in Ohio alone. So there's 18 of these fucking things. Rumors of ghostly prints appearing on your car are common elements of the urban legend. In most cases, they're prints. Like I said, there's that one, and I think that's even been here in Ohio, the railroad tracks. There's a railroad track one. Um, this is the only reference to ghostly footprints that we know of. Why uh, oh, you got to put your feet on my car? Ohio sites where this phenomenon has been reported include Gravity Hill and Gore Orphanage. Why can't you- Oh, do- yeah, Gravity Hill. That's the one I've heard of with the handprints.
0: There's one over- There's one in Westchester. Yeah. And a girl that I know went to it and said she had some crazy ass shit happen. Uh, no. I'm like, oh, you guys I don't want to get myself out.
1: That's exactly what I said. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a good one. Well, version. I mean, yeah, because that's, what else are you going to say? So,
0: basically, long story short, in conclusion, there are very many legends that surround, oh, Ohio, well, yeah, uh, there are very yeah. ma- many legends that surround this place, but there's not a lot of concrete evidence as to why that there was an evacuation. Really, the only evidence that we have is that it was turned into a park. That's, that's kind of all we got. I kind of, like, I feel like there's something amiss, but
1: I don't know. Um, you know, I definitely feel like there, there is more of a reason than what they're giving people that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just bought up this land And, I mean, it took them 26 years. 1974, they designated it as a national recreation area. By 1975, they had bought up every house in the area and either burned them down or boarded them up. And then it took them another 26 years before they finally redesigned it into a park. I mean, I just... What were you doing? What were you... what, What... I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, well, I do know one thing.
0: Two dollars equals four quarters. I meant eight.
1: <laughs> now you can't do. That. <laughs> oh my! You have Lord. no excuses, ma'am. None. Um, not a single one. Yeah, there's just so guys we hope you enjoyed this and i there's so much to take in when it comes to the history and folklore of this place you've got indian tribes indian massacres uh, just settlements then boom out of nowhere they kick everybody out and then it takes them another 26 years to turn it into a park and no explanation as to why or who or whatever there's definitely something, I, there's something something happened and whether it's tied to the the chemical spill that just happened a few miles south could be who knows um were there Satanists? who knows is the government surrounded by it? huh. <laughs> always uh is <laughs> <laughs> don't ask my tinfoil hat you know how i fucking feel about that shit um i don't know I it don't sounds know. like a very dull so down version of skinwalker ranch to me there's so much there's so much because there's nothing anybody knows and when it comes i just i just think like anything that's surrounded by the government coming in and giving no explanation is always gonna cause some type of crazy theories and it's hard not to um especially now when people are legitimately saying that they are seeing sightings that the place is haunted that there's a lot I mean of course there's going to be sightings in and around a cemetery that goes without saying but um just going down different roads different parts of the park where people are experiencing things that are definitely unexplained, if not paranormal, and all of it ties around to this local legend of this town that's just gone and nobody was ever really given a concrete explanation why. I just think of all areas in the United States that could have been really focused on as far as deforestation, why this little tiny town in the late 70s in Ohio? Something is amiss, And then it y'all. takes you another 20 years. I don't know. The fuck are you how doing? How much cleanup did you have? How much did you have to do in 26 years for a few houses in a little tidy town that was like less than a few hundred thousand people? There had to have been something else going on. Something else was going on. So I don't know if it's a cold. I don't know if it was a wendigo. I have no idea what it was. But, uh, I think all of the history and all of the folklore is extremely interesting and I cannot wait to go. Um, yeah, even excited. if we don't experience anything, the Cuyahoga Valley National Park looks absolutely fucking gorgeous. That whole area is so beautiful in Northern Ohio. It's just lush greenery, nothing but vast, dense forests. I love, I, I love live that shit. for shit like that. Me and yeah. Jasper both do. It's our fucking favorite. So I can't wait to go. It's just like just to have a great hike in the woods. Right. You know, even if we don't experience anything, I just want to have Let a hike in the woods. Let me tell you something. Woods.
0: If I hear anything that has, sounds remotely Fuck like. Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> Wendigo, skinwalker, whatever. I'm, if I hear your voice and you're not talking to me, I'm going to be like, um. And we're going to go. And I'm just like. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> if you hear me start making those noises.
1: <laughs> just fucking run. Just run. Just fucking run! run. Just fucking run! Don't worry, I'll bring my. I will be bringing my stabby stabby stick. I'll bring my spoon. We'll have to bring spoon. Um, I I always carry a knife with me at all times, guys. I just like call it. I call it my. I like to call it my stabby stabby stick. Okay, baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) She's doing a stabby stab (laughs) because she wants some chicken nuggets. Oh my god, chicken nuggets sound so good! Uh, right now, if I have to stabby you for chicken nuggets, shit just got real. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. I really liked that. Doing that was that so awesome. I really liked that. That was learning really, about that place. Really, really exciting. I'd honestly never heard of it until we decided to do this. So. Well, the so the Helltown documentary that was on the Travel Channel. Um, Guys, my bad. Apparently, it's not for free on Prime. You have to buy some Destination America package or get the free trial or whatever. But if you have cable, they are airing it again on May 30th on Travel Channel. Or I think it's either there or Destination America. They're owned by the same company. But they are re-airing it. Um, So it was shot in 2016 by a Canadian company And it came out in 2017. It's about an hour and a half long. And it is a really, really interesting watch. Because even though the bulk of it is fictional, it's just a really neat story. And it's just neat. Bravo to a company that, a film company that actually grasped the story and and wanted to take hold of it. Because um, I think it's a legend that shouldn't die. I think it's something that people should always have an interest in. because. Something definitely happened. There was definitely a reason besides this bullshit ass one that the government is giving. Um, But who exactly knows what it was. So I'm glad the, the fucking government would be like,
0: how long has this been going on?
1: You don't tell a shit about anything. Um... So, yeah, guys, we hope you enjoyed. This was a blast. We cannot wait to go. Um, We have got a whole list of (laughs) local places in Ohio this summer that we plan on exploring on top of our Waverly Hills trip in Kentucky this August. So we are greatly looking forward to it. We are so excited. Um, It was just like I said on Twitter the other night. I was just really feeling
0: it, and I was like, I miss ghost hunting. Like, I just... That is a high for me that I cannot explain where it's like an adrenaline rush, but it's also very humbling. And it's, it's just, it's an experience that I cannot describe in words. Just like every single time when we went out, like when we were at the reformatory and we'd take a smoke break and go out and smoke for a little bit. And then we'd drink our Red Bulls. I literally could not wait to get back inside. I was like, I just, I want to do this all night. Of course, you know, we ended up getting tired and leaving about 45 minutes early, but I was like, it's almost 3 a.m. and I'm 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 cra- I'm like I'm, I'm getting all tired officially crashed. We
1: need
0: to leave.
1: I think for and just to piggyback on what Casper's saying, for me. Not only isn't it experience, I've, you know, as we did in a lot of our early episodes of the podcast, we shared a lot of personal experiences that we've both had as far as paranormal experiences. And I've had s- quite a few, um, especially throughout my childhood, that were definitely unexplained. Some of them I I know personally were ghost activity, but um, to go other places that other people have corroborated as being haunted and having experiences that I would only see on TV. And now I can back them up with my own personal experiences. And again, like Casper had mentioned more than anything, it's very humbling. It's a, it's a very humbling thing. It's very humbling to be in an area where uh, so much history people. Yeah. Not only is there just an abundant amount of history, that people in another life in another world in another realm pick us, pick you to communicate with in that moment. they need some type of outreach, and you are the one that they pick to to do that. Um, in and of itself is a very humbling experience, and I've been very humbled by all of the experiences that i've that I've had with I think uh, spirits.
0: I mean, even having my first experiences being like my grandfather and, you know, stuff like that, to have my first real, real experience to be children, that, Ooh, that, yeah, that was, was oof, that, that was, that was rough to the point where I was like, I need to go outside. <laughs> I, was like, I, just, I need, to, I need a moment to go outside. And then right when we're heading outside, we pass Abby. So I was like,
1: there's yeah. a lot of
0: ghosts happening right now, and I don't know how to handle it. There's <laughs> so many ghosts. I'm like, there's technically only three, but my body's like, I can't handle this anymore right now. <laughs> there's only three. It was just three. <laughs> but it's definitely more than... But when it's your first real experience like that, I was overwhelmed. And I know you were, we were both just so overwhelmed because I was like, they're, they're so active right now. And I can't, I just can't, I can't. Well,
1: when you're already an empath and you already feel energies enough as it is to be in a place like that, it is just, it's overwhelming to say the least. So, woof. Okay, guys. Before I
0: announce next week's, because I know it's a surprise, and you all are probably like, "What is next week's?" <laughs> next week's sponsor. I want to get this shows,
1: all that stuff. We got to get this in because this is very important. Because we are excited about yes. this, guys.
0: I want to get this in before I start announcing everything else, just because I want to make sure you guys are still listening. We have officially hit two thousand followers on Podbean. This is surreal. <laughs> I want to sincerely thank all of you who have followed us, listened to us, and kept you know, support and everything like that means the fucking world to us. We do this because we love it and we love, you know, bringing this stuff to you guys. But it's also like amazing when you have such a a following of people who like keep coming back and want to listen to it. And, you know, they're, they're telling other people about it and all this kind of stuff. That's so fucking cool. We really appreciate you guys. We have decided to do a giveaway. Yes, we have. And You guys are going to be really excited because it's pretty dope. Um, Becky has pretty much gotten it together as far as uh, the design. We will be giving away a t-shirt with our logo on it, a tote bag with our logo on it, and a sticker. A sticker. A sticker.
1: sticker.
0: (laughs) Now, of course, um, we're going to be running this giveaway for about two weeks. Yeah. Um, because we want to make sure you know you guys have plenty of time, everybody doesn't have a brain right now, I sure as hell don't. <laughs> um, and obviously, like you're probably thinking, well, what is the shirt size? We will not be ordering it until we get the way exactly winner to this get is your shirt size. Why because... we want to give
1: you guys time, yeah. We, we wanted to make the announcement, um, next week, we're going to make a further announcement to let you guys know, and then. The following week is when we will be making the official announcement of who the winner is. Yep. Um, That will be on. So today is June or May. (laughs) Shit. Today's (laughs) May 20th. Next Wednesday on the 27th, we will be making another reminder. And on June 3rd, which is the first Wednesday of June is when we will be making the official announcement of the winner. Um, And then we will have you contact us. Probably would be easiest to DM us, um, whatever we'll or we'll email out the whatever. Whatever. We leave our socials you, yeah. at the end of every episode, so whichever is mm. easier for you guys, uh, send us your information. So um, if you want to know how to enter, because all of you are probably like, oh my god, how do I do it? Okay, how <laughs> you know do I do it? So you're gonna get a t shirt, a free t shirt, guys, with our logo on it. The toe front and back. our logo. It's front and back for the t-shirt. Yes. And, um, and a sticker. So yes. how do we enter? Kat so
0: girl? to enter, you have to be following us on Twitter. You have to be following the podcast page on Twitter. You have to be following the Instagram page. Um, I'm not going to do the Facebook because I know not everybody has a Facebook and I totally understand that. So Facebook is whatever. If you want to go follow us on Facebook, that'd be great, but you don't have to. <laughs> So what I'm gonna do is tomorrow, I am going to post the official prize or the official like giveaway. Um, you have to retweet it and like it, be following the Twitter page, and I'm gonna post it on Instagram as well. And you have to like it on Instagram and be following us on Instagram. I will again repost all of this, so don't worry if you're like I don't remember. It's fine. It'll be all in the rules on Twitter, and it'll all be on the rules on Instagram. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, it's a pretty much easy, it's an easy... Uh,
1: so, it's whoever posts the most. I'm the ghost with most, babe. I'm the ghost with the most. <laughs> I, I did I'm not need for, for that to
0: fucking rhyme, but... <laughs> so, basically, what's going to happen is, is that we're going to choose a person at random. It It's not going to be... Right on. And it's it's going to be completely at random. And what's going to happen is, is I'm going to look and see if you're following Instagram and Twitter. Okay. That's so those all, are the stipulations. You
1: just have to make sure you're following so, us on both of
0: those platforms. <clears throat> you have to like it. And like the, the post. post. on both platforms. You yeah. have to retweet the Twitter. Because that's the one, biggest thing on
1: Twitter is the retweets. Um,
0: and then just be following us on both and that's it. And like I said, yeah. I will again reiterate all of the rules once I post it tomorrow. That way you'll have absolutely no question how to do it. <clears throat> and like I said, the winner will be chosen complete random because that's
1: the right way to do it. <laughs> so. And guys, this is gonna be neat because the t-shirt is gonna give you guys a preview of what our first official t-shirts will will look like.
0: And I will be posting what the t-shirt looks once like and I'm gonna post what the up tote up bag writing. looks like. So and the sticker is just literally our logo. So it's going to be awesome, guys. We're so excited. Thank you for all of our followers. We're super excited to do this.
1: I'm super excited. <laughs> oh, I I mean, I am because I want this to lead into uh, merch. Because yep. I know that that's something that you guys are going to want. And I definitely want that to be something that's a focus. And if mm-hmm. you guys really like this shirt, um, you know, we want to get in touch with, You know, things are starting to slow down as far as the virus and more things are starting to open up and become um, people are starting to get back to business with things. And we want to partner with a company so that we can start mass producing these and bring them to you guys at a a reasonable price and start pushing this out because we know how much you guys support it. And with that support, you want to start repping us and the best way to rep a business a podcast is by wearing the merch so we definitely are going to have that available to you guys if this is really a big turnout then we're going to start selling these shirts we'll start selling the actual shirts like and then we, we'll we start well. actually
0: getting together and talking about shirts from our own sayings I know
1: that Jesus cheese has to be. Famous. Oh my God! Yeah, the <laughs> next one, the next one will definitely be totally Jesus cheese. <laughs> Jesus, shirt, Jesus everybody's cheese. Everybody's gonna love that.
0: Oh my God! Um, and of course, you know, like other things, like what
1: I would love a spoon—the whole fucking spoon. Oh thing my that God! Happened, the Satan spoon. That is definitely going on a shirt, like. <laughs> I don't care how we have to make that happen. Um, But yeah, we're really excited to do this. So this is, this is, and
0: I am, like I said, I'm going to post a picture of it so you can see what it looks like. And I want feedback. Give us feedback if you like it, what you would change, what you wouldn't change. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding.
1: No, seriously, let us know if you like it or not. We think, I think it looks dope, honestly. I I think it's a great design. Um, It's something super simple and easy. Um, And again, it's a way to support us. And get our name out there. Yep. So, so guys, that was just a little throw in announcement. So now you're probably like,
0: okay, what's next week? We are going to finally do the Saul series. I'm
1: sorry, I'm not going to do it justice. Oh, I thought I was uh, going. You know
0: shit's going down. Oh my God, every fucking (laughs) time it's explaining everything. Every fucking time. Like when it just starts in the background a little bit, you're like, "Oh, I gotta pay attention."
1: <laughs> so another another one of my
0: favorite another, another one and another one and another one and another. One. And another one. That's how the Saw movies were. And another <laughs> one and another one. <laughs> <laughs> and stop. Um,
1: <laughs> Hammer time. No, go on. So, guys, we are doing the Saw series. Uh, I had forgotten how much. I think over the years I started to bag on this series. Yeah. And then I went back and rewatched it and I was like, oh my God, I really <laughs> like this series a lot more than I thought I did. <laughs> um, I Well, 4, t- 5, and 6 were a lot better than I, than I thought I were. I keep going telling back everybody and rewatching I hate them. 5,
0: 6, and 7 and I watched 5 and I was like, okay, 5 is actually
1: really good. It's not that bad. And 6 was not as bad as I thought. 7? And Jigsaw didn't need to happen. Wasn't we'll talk good about Seven. Movie. Yes. It didn't was to good. No. So guys, I don't think I ever watched Jigsaw because I had no memory <laughs> of it. I'm texting Casper and I'm like, I have no memory of this film. And then I sent you the gif. I have no memory of this place. <laughs> I'm like, did I ever watch this? And not to give it did away, I but I actually told
0: her what it was and she was like... Oh my god, I've completely forgotten. Yeah, because at I've the end forgot. I
1: was like, wait! And you were like, it's a... And I was like, oh.
0: Oh! Oh. But I was like, in your defense, when I first saw it too, and that certain thing this happened, that was like... This to be made. How is this possible?
1: Because right. <laughs> we... it, What? I watched yeah, so. you. <laughs> yeah, and now you're... And... and <laughs>
0: You like, so you guys, if you haven't seen the entire series, go see it because there's gonna be spoilers all over the place. Um and Saul listen, if you haven't seen the first Saul,
1: go right now. If you don't watch any of the other just ones, just watch the and that's first the one. only one like my hubby is partial. I think somewhere along the line he probably saw the other sequels. But to this day, the only one that he remembers and the only one that he will ever rewatch is the original one because that's the only one you need. Is that the first? Is that the only one he saw? No, he's seen. Is that the several, only one he saw? Several saws. <laughs> he's seen several saws. He saw several. He saw saws.
0: several saws. I'm sorry, that was so stupid. <laughs> I'm done. So yeah, guys, next week is
1: Saw. So excited. And I'm happy I don't have to watch eight movies in a week. Jigsaw has turned into my... John Kramer has definitely turned into one of my favorites. Because I don't even know if I would technically... He's one of those... I want to put him in my category for for movie killers or villains. But he's not a killer or a villain. He was such an... He's such an enigmatic character to horror... I think a lot more than people give credit. Um, Actually, and that's why I think the first movie alone, if it's the only one you see, you'll understand what I mean, because
0: it was just like a friend of mine, like nine times out of 10, when you ask people, who's your favorite iconic horror
1: yeah, horror person. icon. Freddy, Chucky, yeah. mine's, Jason, mine's Michael. Usually, Freddy and Michael. Those mine's Freddy and my, Chucky. My go-to. But I
0: asked a person that one time, and she said Jigsaw. Yeah, Isn't that and amazing? I was like,
1: "She I, had a key I think she, mine mine have changed." And stuff. I think and I was mine would like, have to be Jigsaw. You
0: know, I never. No, I still can't. I can't like him over Chucky or Freddy, but I do have a newfound love for him. Oh God. And I really like Amanda, too. I love that whole story. Well, I
1: got really... There was a graphic novel that came out after the first movie that I got into that, prior to the second movie that really went in-depth with John's backstory um, and his cancer and his tumor and the whole thing. uh, And his view of how much he valued life and how he wanted to show other people how they should value life. I don't know. I just can't wait till we do the podcast next week, guys. You guys are going to love it. Next week's. It's, I'm going to warn you right now, it's probably going to be a little long. It's, hey, but... it's a whole series. Um, we'll shorten it as best as we can. Yeah. We, we'll keep it, you know, we we narrowed down our... Uh, the Halloween one. The we Halloween pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, obviously we're not going to go, we're not going to read every single description of every single movie well i I really like the graphic detail (laughs) i really like the format of how we did the scream scream uh series where we just read the quick like imdb synopsis of it and then just kind of went into our our opinion of how we felt about it so that'll be good
0: guys a word from our
1: sponsor calm your body down uh so guys, um if you have been checking the social media, uh I have been really pushing the body scrub because that's something new and near and dear, and really a great way to enjoy the products if you don't have a bathtub, because I never considered that for most people. Um, so it's a way to enjoy um Epsom salt, which is kind of essential to most of the ingredients that I you know uh one of the most essential ingredients that I use without a tub but it can also be used in a tub and it has all natural real lavender which I love uh amazing scent smells really good really comfortable and you have the option of mi- mixing it with your own favorite essential oils so that's available on the Etsy shop so is the uh rose water rose petal bath bombs real rose petals and the lemonade ones with real Lemon juice, they smell so, 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 so good. I just used one the other day. Um, I haven't used
0: mine yet, but I can smell it it through the the wrapper, and I'm like, oh, my
1: lord. So the uh, DFWTO coupon code for 50% off ends June 30th. I've been trying to post that as much as I possibly can to get the word out so everybody takes advantage of it before the end of June. (laughs) Um, The free shipping will always be an option um, and the free body cream with every purchase is going to continue as well. Um, Mm. So you won't see the free body cream as an option on the Etsy page. But every time you make an order, um, just DM me either through uh, the Instagram at CURBD or DM me through the Etsy page uh, at Calm Your Body Down and let me know which preferred body cream scent you would like every time you make a purchase. But just make sure you guys get in before the end of June. Uh, DFWTO is the code for 50% off. Um, And again, check out the website if you want more information. Also, guys, keep in mind that some areas are still affected with quarantine and stay-at-home orders. So shipping may vary. Typically, I try to offer within a three- to five-day shipping window. Um, but just know that some areas and, and again, I only ship to the U S but some areas in the U S are still affected with some, um, issues with mail service. So just keep that in mind. If you've been having issues already, you're probably going to have issues with shipping. So I just want to let people be aware of that, but typically it's within a three to five day shipping window. So, um, the Etsy page is calm your body down. The Instagram is see your BD and thank you guys for all the support.
0: Calm your body down. Okay, guys, if you want to follow us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, we are at Don't Fuck With The Original. Make sure to spell it out perfectly. With the apostrophe. Yes. And the Twitter handle is DFWTO8811. Uh, If you have any questions, concerns, or just want to say hey, feel free to email us at DFWTO8493.com. I'm sorry, 8493 at (laughs) gmail.com. And then if you would like to give us a follow and make sure you subscribe, please subscribe to us at uh, Podbean Podcast Player Podcast at Spotify and CastBox. We put out new episodes every Wednesday. We'll see you guys next week.
1: (laughs) Was that loud enough? That was me waving bye. Bye.